Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 256. This is Russ, and joining with me tonight are Richard Chubtold Sheldon. Yo. Jim Dietz. I need to put on a different pair of shoes. Hold on. <laughs> and Daryl Taylor. Listen, I'm not saying I would kill the kids if they got in my way of getting spaghetti and coffee in the morning. <laughs> but Wait, you have spaghetti and coffee in the mornings? Listen, don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge me. I expected I expected them to say bonk bonk on the head, bonk bonk. <laughs> Stay out of my trailer. All right. So, so we are without Aaron for this evening, uh, but the rest of us are all, are, all, are all here, and we're on location. Yes, he's on location, uh, and we're ready to talk about The Walking Dead season nine, episode fourteen. Stars. I have a news. I have a news bit real quick before we get started. Breaking breaking news. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead was uh, being sued by a comic book writer uh, who wrote uh, named Melvin Smith, who wrote a comic called Dead Ahead, and he was suing uh, Fear the Walking Dead for taking one of his ideas. But uh, the um, uh, the uh, AMC and all the other parties involved, and, and Melvin Smith came to a settlement, and the uh, case has been settled. Because they were originally thinking they were going to throw it out of court, but they ended up settling anyway. Um, what was, was the story element that he's saying they stole? Well, the um, Dead Ahead involved a boat-based zombie scenario where they were trapped on a boat in a floating, uh, what they call a floating, he called it a floating prison in the book. So he was what? saying the stuff from season two when they were on the yacht and surrounded, you know, unable to land and stuff, and dealing with zombies was stolen. I from had the his same idea. Life. So, but I had a weird, crazy idea about Brad Pitt and fast-moving zombies that stack up at you on each other like a game of Jenga. So, can I sue? Max I don't know. Brooks? Find a, Did you yeah. write it down? Find find a lawyer, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's American. You can sue anybody for anything. Right. Doesn't yeah, win, but you can yeah, sue. Them. No kidding. No That's kidding. Right. And on the other side, The Walking Dead, um, they they are going ahead with their court case now with a new judge, and. Uh, Everything else with the, that's the Darabont uh, suit, and it, it's it's that Judge um, Lucy Coe, right? Yes, that poor that poor lady. <laughs> She's so for, for the for the non tech initiated Judge Lucy Coe has been involved in the Apple Samsung fight that's been going oh on God. since like 1974, <laughs> um, or it, it feels like it anyway, um, where they keep. Apple and Samsung are basically suing each other over most of it involves Samsung Apple saying Samsung infringed their patent on um on aspects of the iPhone I think specifically like the uh 
the scrolling function and uh, anyway there's there's a bunch of other stuff it's it's a really complicated lawsuit it's gone back and forth and this maybe means, apple can make better refrigerators though you never know that's true um <laughs> uh but yeah but it's funny i saw that I saw the judge's name, Lucy Coe, and I'm like, oh, man, this lady, this lady's getting tied up in this nonsense. Oh, it's like yeah. one high-profile uh, you know, uh, public case to, to another. It's called job security. <laughs> oh, they already got that. Yeah, that's kind of implied in the name. Exactly. Um, the only other bit of news that I heard, and I think it's more rumor at this point, I heard, and I, I can't recall where I, I heard this from, uh, so I can't attribute the source right offhand, uh, but rumor is that maybe this Walking Dead spinoff might be a Negan centric uh, centric show. I would not be surprised if it happened. They could get Jeffrey Dean Morgan the money he uh, would probably exactly. ask for. It, you know exactly. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, and AMC tends to cheap out on this stuff. So well, and I think they want to put him as a lead, and I think that you know. Having him be redeemed a little bit would be one thing, but to turn him into the lead, especially when you've got Daryl and everything, they can't really do it on there. And in my opinion, I don't have the JDM hate that some people do. I actually really, really like Morgan, but... um, Oh, no, I think he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. They're wasting him now. They've wasted him all along. First of all, with the last two seasons of a neutered storyline of Negan, and then now he's sitting in the cell. At least the scenes that he has this season are interesting, but you know he he needs to be in a vehicle where he's leading. No, uh, I don't know. I can uh, see that if they're going to do a spinoff, I could see them doing that uh-huh. rather than going with a whole new cast and a whole new concept. Or at least Probably have it. one person to. Yeah, to, to it, it would be a little. It. it would be a little safer for them to do something like that, other mm-hmm. than rather than just start something else from scratch. Well, yep, yeah, and uh, but uh, and I'd like that, but you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'd really like to see. You know, there's a whole globe. I'd really like to see the zombie apocalypse. What's going on in some other areas? You know, Europe, well, that's what I, well, South America, I mean, we could Africa, still get that. We could still get that if he, he's traveling, you know. Yep. If he travels the world. Yeah. The adventures of Negan and Little Ass Kicker. Exactly. <laughs> right? Oh, you know what? It would not surprise me if, since uh, Denai Guerrera is leaving after this season, it would not surprise me if it wasn't a spinoff just like that. Because what is going to happen with Judith when Michonne's gone? Yep. Yeah. You mean you mean Avengers Endgame's Denai Guerrero? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Don't get it. Don't get it wrong. I know, man. They forgot to put it on the poster, and it caused quite a hubbub for yeah. about forty-five mm. minutes until they. Yes, fixed it. exactly. <laughs> fixed it. So yeah, so we'll see. I, again, rumor. I, I don't know how much credence to put on it at this point. Right. Nobody's really said much of anything. So um, take it with a grain. Right. It, yeah, I haven't even said anything about Fear of the Walking Dead. That's about to start soon. Yeah, yeah everybody's assuming it's going to be this summer, uh, but nobody has come out with an official date yet. So. No. Pretty yep. quiet. All right. So here we go. Uh, scars. Uh, overall, I like this episode a whole lot. I, I really, really, I really, really like this episode. Yeah. Uh, Dark. Um, 
Very dark. Um, Very dark. I you mean like, the one that has the Denai Guerrera um, performance <laughs> that better get um, Emmy nominated this year? Because holy crap, it was good. It didn't let you down. I mean, it, no. you know, when you have something that's built up like this, usually it is a letdown for any show when when they build something up this this big. It, um, it, yeah, and we'll it did get in- not do that this time. Yeah, and we'll get into the the. Um, the specifics of the big reveal on on the you know where they got their scars, but I really like the fact that it was not. I mean, if you would have had me guess ten different plot lines of what that could what could have happened, I, I would not have, have guessed this. what happened. Yeah. No, me either. Uh, and, I would and, have never thought Anakin in the Jedi Temple one day. <laughs> I was I was waiting for whoever is going to make the first Anakin reference. So you good, know, on, I, good on job. Good on you. Good on you. I tweeted it last night. So oh, I missed I missed the tweet. Uh, so it was nice to again to kind of see something and be surprised by it and not feel like you you've kind of got so for once the uh the vagaries and everything uh, the payoff was there like it It was there they paid it off um and it definitely made sense why it was so daryl and michonne like focused um and the rest of them didn't really have a whole lot to say so and why the scars matched Yes, and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. I mean you. I mean, we drew the conclusion they happened the same way, but we didn't know for sure until this. Yeah, that they happened. They they got the scars the same way because they matched. Yeah, uh, I would kind of a visual cue, you know. And, and I didn't guess anything like that because I thought I didn't realize they were burn scars. To me, I thought I they either. had been. I thought they'd been cut open, so I was thinking like maybe yeah. they had to donate kidneys, or that's, maybe that's they got their kidneys like stolen, or mm-hmm. something Woke like that, or about to get stolen, or something. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, episode starts. It, we start right right off into the flashback um, where it's Michonne. Uh, sh- it appears to be shortly after Rick disappeared in, in the final fight with the with the rest of the saviors. And um, she's kind of rooting around on the side of the beach, and she f- ends up finding Rick's gun buried in the in the sand, um, and and pulls and pulls it out. And then they kind of do this this, which we'll see in this episode a lot. It's playing around with the timeline, flipping a lot of flipping back and forth. They do a really good job of kind of juxtaposing night and day to kind of mm-hmm. give you the visual cue as to when, you know when things are taking place for the most part. Um, and then, of course, the the Michonne being pregnant is another huge <laughs> visual cue, right? Um, but we, well, play, we cut places ahead to, in the timeline for us without them saying, you know, five years ago, or yes. you know, having to have a title card or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you you pretty much it's know exactly good, when it is. Yeah, it's a good visual cue. Yeah, um, so we still we, you know, we see that scene in the beginning. It's right after uh, uh, Rick disappears. Then we see a pregnant Michonne who looks like probably about like I would say seven or eight months pregnant at, at this point. I mean she's pretty far along. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh yeah. And and there's she's still out looking, and you know we find Daryl who's also still out looking, and which we've kind of known from the other episodes that Daryl has the one of the reasons why he stayed away is he's never given up the 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 fight like he's he's constantly he's still out there looking to make sure Rick is not out there somewhere and that he just you know doesn't see him or can't find him or whatever um but even he tells Michonne cuz they're still kind of like keep coming back to that area around uh where the bridge was and and Daryl you know says like he's not he's not out there he's not he's not here um 
And then, you know, Michonne even says, you know, hey, Judith really misses you. You know, why don't you come back to Alexandria? And Daryl says, I'm not coming back until until I find him or I find something. Um, so we cut back to the present day, uh, and Aaron comes up to Michonne and tells her that Daryl's at the gate and he's not alone. Which again, this becomes a pretty significant um, a significant uh, plot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like again how things happen in the present and they they juxtapose what goes on in the past. Um, and so uh, they come up to the gate. Aaron tells Michonne uh, that she doesn't trust uh, Lydia and Michonne says, but I trust Daryl. Yeah. So that's, that's enough for them to let her in. Um, and then we go back in time to a pregnant Michonne coming up to the gate. And again, it, it she opens up the gate and she, it's somebody named, um, Jocelyn who, uh, Michonne recognizes and vice versa. They seem to know each other. So I right away, and then we we get to the to the credit break. But right away, I kind of was like, okay, well, that's an interesting thing. I, right away, I wasn't sure. Is like, okay, are they trying to say it's somebody? I, I mean, I I pretty much got the point. This was somebody from Michonne's past. Like this wasn't right. just somebody from Alexandria that disappeared for a while and had come back. And this is All a good I actually, saw oh. was Tara. <laughs> Rutina Wesley, yes. Yeah, yeah. you say Rutina Wesley from True Blood, yeah. Mm-hmm. So after we get back from the break, we cut over to Henry, who's getting stitched up um, and and patched up. And Michonne even tells I, f- I forget who her, her second in command lady is um, that she wants Lydia watched, that she doesn't she doesn't trust her. Um, and then Aaron, I love that Aaron makes a mention. Uh, he he uh, he talks about the skin jobs, which I thought that was a <laughs> I, for those of you Blade Runner fans out there. I thought that was a cool that was a cool reference. Um, speaking of the whisperers, he Aaron calls them skin jobs. <laughs> um, so then we cut. It looks like there's a little bit of time. Like obviously Michonne knows who this lady is, um, and this Jocelyn. Apparently, when she got there, she was injured. She's looking for for others, um, and Sadiq, you know, is is trying to take care of her and kind of patch her up. And she tells Michonne she needs help, and uh, she guides them to a place. Uh, Michonne takes takes a crew over there and they find a bunch of kids um, and it's kind of creepy they they go in this I don't know this building whatever it is and they find these diagrams hung up of how to skin animals like it's more mm-hmm. like deer and I think rabbits or one of them like a rabbit um, you know they find these these diagrams on how to properly um, skin and prepare a uh, skin and dress I think is is the term uh, from my from my time out in the country um, you know, animals for, for preparing. And, uh, and then they find these kids. Um, then we cut back to the present and, uh, Henry is showing off his scar to Lydia, who seems to be, uh, pretty impressed. And the two of them are obviously continue to get cozy with each other. Mm. Yeah. Um, Michonne tells, uh, tells Henry if, uh, if she if um if she knew everything that was going on she would not cuz cuz henry comes up to her and says hey thank you for you know letting pe- the people go to the fair you know it means a lot and michonne said if i knew everything that was going on i wouldn't have let our people go mm-hmm. uh, meaning you know the, the 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 everything going on with the whisperers 
Michonne then goes up to Lydia and talks about all the things that she's had to do. Some things she's proud of, some things she's not. Um, and everything she's had to do to kind of protect her family and her loved ones. And uh, she even says, uh, I wish I could just walk away and take all the risk with me. Uh, kind of like hint, hint, nod, nod, wink, wink um, to Lydia. Meaning like, hey, if you were to just like leave, we wouldn't be in, a, in very much trouble. <laughs> because there'd be right. coming for you to cause, right. to cause trouble with my people. Not exactly and a subtlest of hints there. No, no, no. Right. no. And I, I mean, part of me was, I mean, like, yeah, I don't trust her either, but part of me is like, damn, that's kind of shady and underhanded. It <laughs> was. But with the flashback story, we kind of understand why. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. kind of eliminates but why. It also, but it also did a thing of explaining also where her head is, too, for herself. Yes, When she absolutely. said that. Like, it, it totally was, it did those two things, which I loved how she worded it. Here's my question. Oh, sorry. Good. Here's my question about the whole thing. So what I feel we've been led to believe for a while was that whatever this event was, it's also what caused the rift between her and Maggie. Now, the only thing that I saw from this episode was that this was the, the, the linchpin that had her suddenly retreat within herself and brought all of Alexandria in with her. Um, but so is all that shade that was going on between her and Maggie over the fact that she just suddenly started giving the other communities the silent treatment? Because that's kind of lame. That it is. The I don't. Well, I don't think it's a cascade effect. Us. Right. Right. It's and maybe it is, but it, I mean, I, it's just I thought that this was going to explain that as well, and I'm like, that's it. Well, well, not. I, she's still mad. I mean, I don't think they ever patched things up from the whole thing of Negan being here. I mean, she might have not killed him herself, but I don't think she was just like, "Ah, eh, it's okay now. We're we're one big happy family again." I, I think you could see that that was some of the cracks that kept them apart. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a good point. I think part I of this, this is um, is casualty of of her not being on the show anymore. Um, so they had mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, f- figure it out. But again, like I was saying, it's a cascade effect, right? Michonne used that a, as a as an excuse to withdraw and to pull everybody close, which means Alexandria is a pretty self sustaining community. So less trade with the outside, less interaction with the outside, probably not doing their part in keeping the area around Alexandria safe for travel, uh, whether it be walkers or random, you know, people or whatever. So all that stuff just starts to build up and, and it causes tension and everybody else starts to withdraw because, right. um, you know, nobody wants to step up. That's what I was going to say. It seems like it's like part of the problem. Like it, it, this was like the part of the tipping point that causes her to be a little more isolationist and a little more isolationist. And then, you know, more, I'm sure more stuff happened as well. Oh, sure. That we'll find yeah. out about later. But I mean, this is like the beginning of it. And that makes sense, I guess. And, I guess the fact that they don't have her to actually film a problem happening in a flashback. So, but do we know how the ratings on her new show is doing? Does it look like it's going to make it? I have no idea. Mm. I don't know either. I don't know. I know. I mean, in the marketing, you know, it's all, it's a hit, it's a smash, you know, blah, blah, blah. But well, of course, marketing, who knows? I haven't, I haven't actually looked at the ratings, so no, I can't say. It's not great enough that they've already announced a season two. 
Yeah, and it's not that, it good that of, it's not that really a good of a show. Or a full either. episode run for this season. <laughs> or a full yeah, episode run. That's true too. Usually when it's a when it's the ratings are I mean very good, they'll right. announce that, you know, in the first couple of weeks. So we might have her back next season. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Uh let's see. Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> Yeah. Point eight. I watched point eight five and a point six. Ouch. Uh, wow. So it's an ABC show. That's that's not a good uh that's not a good trend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean it's it's a twenty nine percent drop between week two and week three. So is that is what you're saying there include their plus three and plus seven, or is that just their airtime? I think this rate? is just I, it doesn't say. It doesn't say whether it's plus seven or not. But it would have to be pretty hefty. Right. Uh, they, put, they put so much uh, promotion into it, putting it after the Super Bowl. and Or not the Super Bowl, but after the Oscars. Sorry. Yeah, this is live plus same day. Um, so, yeah, f- to me, this says, like, unless this thing upticks or stabilizes, uh, it's probably not a good indication that it's probably going to make it. Um, that was your Whiskey Cavalier yeah. ratings <laughs> update. It's like a podcast in a podcast. That's right. Podcast. Podception. When are we going to start Whiskey Cast? <laughs> oh, Dad. You, I'll tell you what, you go ahead and start it right after we're done here. <laughs> exactly. You just All wait right. for us. We'll, we'll be there. Well, Chubb, gotcha. we didn't want to tell wait. you. But that's where Terrell was before he he got on this yeah. podcast and why things were a little late. Yeah, but, you spoil everything. <laughs> we drank Damn. a bunch of whiskey and watched Whiskey Cavalier. Yeah. Damn, it was me and everybody hates Chris. I was on location with them. That's why I missed last week because they brought me in to, to sit and watch you know some of the taping. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's great. All right. Uh, so back back to the show. Uh, so D- Daryl um, and Judith. This is the Daryl and Judith moment, and um, she she tells him like, "Hey, you brought Lydia in here. That means that that you want to help." And she's she just says, "Look, I just want to help. I want to help my friends. I want to help the people that we care about." Mm-hmm. Um, and and Judith asked him if he would stay if Michonne ag- agreed. And, uh, and Daryl, you know, Daryl's, he, he, he's not staying. Um, and he's just kind of being, you know, noncommittal. And she, you know, she talks about hearing the stories of the, of the battle with the saviors. And, um, you know, she asked him, what, what would my dad do? And, and Daryl just had nothing to say with that. And yeah, she reads him too. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, (laughs) so, uh, so again, there's, there's, she's, you kind of get the seeds of, of what's going on. And for her to say, I've heard the stories of the saviors again, that comes into or the, the war with the saviors that comes into play a little later uh, as well. Right. Um, Unexpectedly for me. I didn't yeah, yeah. see that. Um, coming. So we cut back to the past and uh, the kids all get back together with the Alexandrians and they're all like, none of the adults made it. So right there, I was very suspicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very suspicious. For um, sure, something was up. Yeah, 
um, you know, Jocelyn tells Michonne, oh, the, the, all the, they all broke. They couldn't, they couldn't handle it. Um, and she had to take care of the kids and, you know, toughen them up. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, jo- they, they, they kind of have this back and forth conversation. And we learn a little bit more about their relationship. They knew each other in college. Uh, they'd kind of been through, they were very close friends. Um, and Jocelyn can see that look in Michonne's eyes and know that she's going to keep going out there looking for Rick and that she's not going to be satisfied until she finds out whether he's either uh, dead or, um, you know, or, or, or turned or, you know, what, whatever the case may be, or for some evidence of of what happened or if actually finds him, you know, if he's, if he's still alive somewhere um, out there Uh, and we find out they haven't seen each other in 15 years. Um, So they, they, they hadn't seen each other since well before uh, the, the breakout of the of the zombie apocalypse. So it wasn't like they were, you know, together when it happened, and then they they got separated at that point. They would kind of lost touch uh, some time before all that happened. The children thing was definitely being the only survivors was an indicator that something wasn't just right. That, and then the fact that the last time I saw her, she was a vampire, so I didn't trust her <laughs> right away. Yeah. Wow. Um. So now that Henry's patched up, uh, Daryl and his group decide to leave, and Judith is kind of watching. And uh, and and Daryl says that you know, hey, maybe she's mad at you, you know, f- because you don't you you know, and you haven't explained it to her, and maybe you know she doesn't know, and maybe you need to tell her. And Michonne says, you know, hey, I'm I, she's not ready for me to tell her, and I'm not ready for me to tell her. Um. And uh, Daryl Tyler. I was like, but I'm ready for you to tell us because we wanted to know <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it also kind of hits home again that she's the one, you know, Michonne is the one who hasn't emotionally dealt with this yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, it's all not so about her. Right. Yeah. It's not about the kid. It's, it's about her. And, you know, that, that kind of. It kind of also prepares us for what to come. Like it, it really does. When that, when it all goes down, and and you know, and emotionally when it hits, it it really, it really makes you feel something. Like even though you know these characters are safe because in you know in the present they're still alive, right? It doesn't matter. It's you still feel all that all of the emotion yeah. when you when you get to that point. And, and Daryl tells her, like, hey, she's not just a little kid. Um, and, you know, yes. a, a lot of it is just based on her level of maturity uh, for who she is and, you know, what she's been through and everything else and just her, her general mm-hmm. attitude. Like, she's not your average little kid. Right. You know? No, we're and, not a normal family. This no. Is, this is not how it used to be. And I, I think Daryl, you know, that's what Daryl recognizes is like, hey, if she was just acting like a kid, like kids act – then yeah, you're probably right. It's, there's no need to tell her. But she's not just an average kid. She's not like some of these other kids out here. Um, and and that she's need- just like her daddy Shane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then we get a cool transition. You know, Michonne, you know, sends them off, and she walks past the sewer grate, and the sewer grate's been like bolted to the to the ground. Like it's it's uh, it's definitely you know they focus on the fact that the sewer grate is is not removable uh you know just by picking it up and when they when they do the cut we cut to the past it's daylight um 
and the you know we see the sewer the leaves over the sewer grate and um we hear the parents are talking about oh you know how Ju- Judith and some of the other kids had a sleepover with the you know kids that came in and um everything's great and the parents go to that house and uh nobody answers the door and the house is empty and then they start looking for the kids and find that their food supplies have been cleaned out the guard over where the food supplies is is dead the infirmary's been raided um and they find bloody footprints that lead to an open manhole cover uh then we cut back dun, to the done 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 yes exactly <laughs> Uh, then we cut back to the to the present. Michonne's having dinner with both kids, uh, and Judith kind of plays the "I'm not very hungry. Can I be excused?" And she's acting too like too respectful, you know, just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm not really hungry," and you know, "Oh, thank you, mommy," and you know that kind of thing. And Michonne tells her, "You know, wrap your food up." And uh, I I knew right then I'm like, okay, this kid is up to no good. Like, she's, oh for sure, she's she's being way too easy about the whole it's like you're not giving me something to yell at yes you're, you're compliant but i know there's some in your tone you, you you're still angry yeah she's up to something yeah um so of course michelle goes to sleep she can't sleep she wakes up she goes to judith's room judith isn't there um so then she goes to negan and she's not there talking to negan and negan ends up finding out pretty quick she's like he's like wait a minute you're not here to talk to me about her you 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 she you can't find her mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so th- this is a really great scene between michonne and negan and you know she talks about well what do you what do you talk about you know when because daryl uh, negan says well i haven't seen her in a couple days Oh, and he makes a point to ask her. Like, you, all this time you've never asked since you found out that she has been coming to see me for months. Yeah. And you have not asked me what she talks about. Like, you – and again, as a parent, you, you, you guys know, you, of course, um, you're protective, but there are times where you are not always concerned about what the kid wants because it's more about, you know, you know what's best and you being protective of your child. And and he's going to the. You don't know what she talks about. You don't know what going what's going on in her own head. And he says it in that Negan way, of you don't even know your own child. That she gets very defensive. Yep. And I don't even think he meant it that way. But it's Negan, so you can't help it when someone's an asshole all the time. Yeah. Even when they're not trying to be an asshole. You- and you know Negan tells her, well, well, you know, we talk about. Her uncle Daryl, not you, and uh, and her, you know, her dad, and and you know, Michonne even says, well, you know, oh, you, that she thinks that he's only telling her one side of the story, mm-hmm. and and he says, no, she could smoke out the bull. Like you, you can't, you can't tell her one side of a story and her not think that you're you're keeping the other side. And he tells her, no, I shoot straight with her, and. You know, Michonne asks, what about, you know, what you did to Glenn, what you did to Abraham? And she's like, she's heard those stories. She she know, she knows about it. So almost like, you no, know, she didn't ask me directly. And Negan pretty much says, if she did, I would have, I would tell her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she's heard those stories and she knows, so she doesn't 
bother asking him about that. And we kind of get the feeling for that. Like, I think Mm -hmm. at at the heart of it, Judith wants to feel like Negan is not the same person that he was in those early stories. He's that he's the person that she knows now, not the person that everybody knew then. Well, like she said to Michonne, she changed. Right, right. You know? But she right. did, didn't he? But he did tell her about that day that her that Rick beat his ass to end the war. Yeah, and slit his throat. Yeah, yeah. and slit his throat. So that, like, even then, yep. the way that it cuts to Michonne's face to hear that he even talked about that day with her with her child. And yeah. I mean, that is a heavy subject that you wouldn't talk with the kid about today, but if you're in the apocalypse, like if you're living in that world, that is a story that they need to hear. I mean, you know, it's also, I think is a, but it also comes down to, to her being a mother and not wanting like for imagine your child gets to hear the most horrific stories from the guy that did it. You know, like, wh- how do you deal with that? Like, I, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. And, and again, it's situational. Every, you know, I'm sure there are kids in this world that are living a per- perfectly, I can't say perfectly normal. That's, that's ridiculous. But a no. relatively normal childhood, right? You know, mm-hmm. they, if they stay sheltered in the walls, maybe their parents, you know, do all the farming or whatever. They don't go outside. They don't get in contact with the zombies. You know these kids were born inside Alexandria. They don't know. They're they're not they're not hardened like the others. Judith is not that way. No. Um, and, and and again, you have to. I think at the heart of it, Michonne wants to feel like Judith is not who Judith is. And I think right. if nothing else in this episode, I think it's finally hit home for Michonne that she understands who child? Judith really is. Yeah, and that's well. an, another thing. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Like, she wanted to. I'm sure she wanted Judith to be sweet little Judith having a childhood, but it's hard to realize, no, Judith has seen and heard things that, you know, most children have never dealt with in their, in their lives. Um, yeah. But she's come from tragedy. She's, she's been in it, even though yep. she was too young to remember it. She was so. born into it. She's born into it. So the even, but to have that revelation, I mean, just a mat, like it really hit me. Like, just imagine if, for example, the guy that murdered your friend or family member is the one telling the story to your child. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not just that it's that she's hearing these stories, but she's hearing it from the person who is responsible for the death of many of the people that she's cared about. Like that, that has to, how do you even like that? She does deserve an award. Cause how do you, it's all on her face. Like, how do you even deal with that without losing your entire mind there. and killing that guy right there? And Negan tells her like, she hates that you're not letting people in or that, you know, it, it should be like Carl said it, it should be. And that just like, she goes off. Oh, oh yeah. That sent her into a frenzy. Yeah. Cause it's another thing from this dude. You're not the one to tell me these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing if Daryl tells her that or, 
uh, Aaron tells her that or Sadiq tells her that, but for, for Negan to tell her that, yeah. Ooh. No. Um, no. And, and so she's like, this is, it's my child. She is my mm-hmm. child. And Daryl's like, yeah. Or, uh, Negan's like, yeah, she is your child. And uh, she is your child. And she's like her mother. And she's not going to take it lying down. And, uh, and that's kind of how the conversation ends, which I yeah. thought was really cool. Speaking of telling Judith things, are you telling me in six and a half years, they've, Michonne's never had her visit Carl's grave? Oh, no, I'm sure she has. Yeah. Well, because it seemed like in this scene where she's at the grave, like she's explaining to her what it is. And I'm just like, why is no, she? I think she's explaining like how, how they got to that. Right. Like not, uh, not, not okay. where it is more just like, hey, this is what we and we'll get to it. But this is this is what we decided when, you know, when we did this. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of giving her the story, not just like, yeah, this is where your brother is. Uh, OK, um, I guess that makes sense, because I was just like, why would she not have told her? I, before? Again, I think it just gets to her the the whole her opening up to Judith and kind of taking taking Daryl's advice. And kind of understanding again, kind of coming to grips with who Judith is, and I think that part of 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 when we get to the end of the episode is is coming to grips with that and and embracing that as well. Also, Judith will when we get to it. Judith says something to her that also is a reason I think they haven't had these talks much. Yeah, yeah. Um. So after talking to Negan, she races back home. She ends up opening. The, it's the box that has her sword in it, right? That's mm-hmm. what. And she finds the note, and it, it basically is like, "I'm sorry, mom. I, I, you know, basically we have to protect our friends, and I had to, I had to go do it." And uh, and so then, of course, Michonne goes after her. Um, we cut to the past, and um, it's Daryl and Michonne. They're out looking for the kids, and. Michonne tells Daryl like she was a friend. She was a real friend, not just somebody, not just a random acquaintance or not somebody that, you know, she's come to know um, out of circumstance that they're in. Like she was a true, like a sister, like she was a true friend. Um, and they end up coming across one of the kids coming out of, of a house. Michonne tries to, to track her down and it, it it's they were definitely kind of leading her on. Uh, they chase her into a building, and she's face off against all the all the kids are facing off against her. Um, and one of them even puts an arrow in Daryl's shoulder. Um, and then the other one comes up and knocks Mich- uh I guess it was a uh, Jocelyn comes up and knocks Michonne out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see that they're tied up and both tied up uh, to a pipe and gagged. And uh, that's when the branding happens. And this so, is a Michonne that's off. Like she's not. Yeah, she's pregnant. She's yep. You know, she's been you know in 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 relatively calm circles for a long time. And, yep. Well, I mean, not only is she pregnant, she's by herself. No Rick, right? To yep. support her, you know, yep. right? And and so she's, but she's been for she's felt really, you know, she's felt home for the most part. I mean, she's mourning and worried about you know is Rick alive or not, but she's. But she, she took a friend in, she didn't shoulder, question it. You know, she's right. obviously in a better headspace. Right, right. She hasn't questioned, you know, like, they're not looking over their shoulder for someone to kill them every five minutes. Yeah. So, because uh, she even said, you know, she even talks about how I let this happen. 
It's my, yeah. you know, it's my fault. I should have felt something. I should have sent something. And Daryl said, no, you were living. You were actually having a life. Yeah. You were, you were starting to build a life. That's normal. So yeah, so they both get branded pretty, it's pretty brutal. And it's the kids that do it. And Jocelyn is just sitting in a chair in the corner, egging him on and watching it very calmly. And she tells Michonne, like, hey, I've, I had to train them. Their parents were weak. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do all that. It, I guess they don't outright say it, but to me, it almost sounds like the, they, she basically brainwashed these kids. I yeah. take it as she brainwashed these kids to kill their own parents. Yes. Right? That's how yeah. I, um, I, I that's also, that too. That's also I what I that yeah. too. And, and then it, it like, it's, it's a lot of dark stuff happens on the show. Um, and it, I can watch a lot of dark stuff, uh, but there's something about not only watching a woman being tortured like that by a child, no doubt on top of it, but then a, woman who is pregnant also so there's that mm-hmm. there's that yeah. feeling you get i don't even know how to explain it where you just feel like every time she's burned or or hit or whatever it's like because when michonne is not pregnant and she's you know up to full strength man she you you never worry about her she's got this right <laughs> especially when she when she gets the sword that's it she powers up it's done yeah Heads when it's a gone. weird spot for her too, because she yeah. lost her own kids. Right. right, right. So it's like her own how, kid, I guess. In this, in in this version, right, which a, sta- has to stay. You don't leave that. That doesn't leave yeah. you. You, yeah. you. That doesn't go away. So it's like as she's going through all of this and scared for not only the child that she's she hasn't given birth yet, but Judith is out there under them. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a mat the way that it it, it 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 was really hard to watch. Yeah, it really was. And and they do. Well, I'll talk about it at the end. Um, but the editing on this episode was just really, really, really well done. Yes. Um, and they do a really good job of of breaking some of that tension. Mm-hmm. And just when you get to that point where mm-hmm. it's super uncomfortable, yeah. Um, they find a good way to break it. And so we cut back to the present, and it's Michonne out on a horse. She's looking for Judith. She finds a bike. Um, I'm assuming that's Judith's bike. Like Judith just got on her bike and and cruised off. Right. Um, she finds a bunch of walkers in a field. She doesn't even flinch. Like she doesn't bother like cutting their heads off. Nope. Like she's she's looking for Judith, and and she is not bothered by these by these walkers. Nah. Um, which is kind of scary because we have the whispers out there. So she yeah. doesn't know coming on, on these. Are they all walkers? Are they whispers? Are they both? Um, she's, she is, you know, just a woman on a mission. She's focused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to, to the, the past. Uh, Daryl gets loose, knocks that guy out. He frees Michonne. Um, they come across Jocelyn and the kids and Michonne has a pipe and starts to fight back. Um, and and this is tough because Michonne is almost like she she just wants her kid back. Right. She doesn't want. She keeps telling these kids like don't like don't make me do this. Don't make me. Yeah. Don't make me fight you. Don't make me kill you. Um, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And one of them comes up and eventually ends up slicing her in the stomach. Um, and she ends up grabbing her sword. Uh, and then the kids start to to run. Um, and then as she goes outside, um. Jocelyn gets uh, gets the jump on her and hits her, beats her pretty good with this board. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michonne ends up stabbing her twice with the with the sword. Um, 
and Michonne even then looks to the kids and says, you know, look, you can come back to Alexandria with us. Like, you don't have to live live like this. Please, you know, come come with me. Don't don't make me have to pleading have to with do her, this to pleading you. with her. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and the kids, of course, decide to fight. Uh, and this is where it gets really clever. And I think the show does a good job of not being gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Um, where it just as she's about to do something horrible to these to one of these kids, it cuts out to her slicing into the zombies in the yeah present. the transition yeah. is so yeah. well done. flawless beautiful editing yes yeah. and i yeah. mean that is one of the nice things about like you know a lot of times it gets tropey with flashbacks and forwards and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in television shows but the juxtaposition not just of these two scenes just the two timeline, different times side by side. That juxtaposition—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's really good. It mirrors and it just—it gives you what a, it, it sets all, the tone for each other, you know? right? It's but really, it also really also lets us know probably what how she had what she had to do, like the yeah you know, how it was done. It without showing it on you a, know. Or doing that to a child. But right. it's enough you know that it we know yeah. how she handled the zombies, what she had to do, which goes back to, okay, Michelle, maybe you weren't out of order by the way you've been acting. Yeah. Yeah. If I had and to think about what that yeah. what that did to Michonne, right? Yeah. And she had to kill these kids. Yes. Yeah. She had to do this. And yeah. so. Slaughtered younglings. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he, right? Uh, and not on. Not and, and and also on top of that, not only did you have to do this, but she knows she would do it again. Yep. Because yep. what uh, there was no other way out of that to save Judith. There's no other way she could have did it. So yeah, to me it was just expertly done. Uh, mm. Just the again the way they cut that. Yeah. Um, because it that, that's a nobody wants to see that. Like oh. you don't want to see her actually. See killing these kids no um and and so the fact that they're able to kind of get the point of cross um without being gratuitous about it i thought was was really was really well done um and of course the last kid is standing there in the doorway with the knife and at this point if that kid would have ran towards judith and the rest of them she probably this kid probably would have killed all or most of them before uh, michonne had a chance to get there yeah, because uh, Daryl had the, he comes out and he has the knives, but he doesn't have his crossbow. Exactly. Um, the f- and the kid ends up running off. And I'm sitting there and like in that scene, I'm sitting there flinching. And I'm, and I'm, and then I say to myself, "Why do I sit there flinching? I know she doesn't do it." Yeah, I know the kid's when, fine. The one thing I thought of is I was like. Well, with the kid that the the the, the evil kid right. was, I was like, okay, we haven't seen Daryl have to do this yet. Like, That's, is he just yeah. gonna pull out I, one of these knives I and go, that you know, that give would it a toss? And yeah, it's like, oof. I thought that that would have to happen too. Um, and I, oof, yes, man. the kid decides to to run. Yeah, you know? which again, horrible, right? Like yeah. this kid ran off, and God knows what happened to him. They didn't go after Who knows? him. Um, yeah. So that like it's just terrible. Uh, situation um and so of course judith uh ends up coming back to michonne like at first it's almost like she didn't they do this whole thing and and when when michonne and judith have this conversation later 
Michonne even says, like, it's almost like you didn't recognize me. And Judith kind of says, well, it was because of the blood and, you know, and everything else. It just, it just took me a minute. But, um, but that kind of freaked her out as mm-hmm. well. And of course, you know, once, once Judith, you know, understood, she, of course, she runs to Michonne. Um, and then after that, so then we cut back to the present day. Uh, Michonne finds Judith, and of course, Judith is kicking ass. Uh, as a little ass kicker does, mm-hmm. and uh, she gets careless at one point, and one of those one of the walkers grabs her, and Judith freaks out. Like the, here's this is where she snaps back into acting yep. like a kid. Yeah, and Michonne has to come for her, and at that point, like Judith realizes, like, hey, I, I probably screwed up, and so she she really clings to Michonne, um, and Michonne tells her like, hey, they need to talk. Yeah, she played that well though. Yeah, that that kid played that mm. so well. The look and fear when she says "mommy," oh, yeah. "mama," the that way she said that. Actor. Yeah, yes. I mean, she just like played it so well that um, you know when she finally gets to her, it is just an amazing scene. That's when that's when we all can breathe. Yeah, yeah. When she holds her, that that's it. So Michonne tells her what happened, the whole thing with Jocelyn, and and Judith says that she remembered. And Michonne is confused by that. Like, she doesn't think that uh, that Judith remembered. And Judith tells her, like, yes, you know, I remembered. And, you know, and Michonne's really confused because she feels like, well, uh, you know, you should understand. Like she thought the reason she didn't understand why Michonne was the way she was, Mm -hmm. was because she didn't remember the horrible things that happened. Right. But, but given that Judith does remember it, she, you know, she, she's confused to say, well, I don't understand how you don't relate to me in the way I am knowing that you remember. And, and Judith tells her like, Hey, our friends need help and that we should do whatever it takes to help them. You know, Mm -hmm. we need to protect the ones we love that basically it just kind of reinforced in her, like, hey, we've been through this, this, these bad things, yeah. but at the we can't let that, um, we can't throw it all away because that happens. Or her logic, obviously, was, a disciple of the Church of Carl. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the logic was she said it to her in such a childlike way. Yeah. But it, it was following what you said. Like it's like you, you. It's like when a child, straight up said something to you in the way that you said it to them, but you didn't realize when you were telling them, you know, this thing that they're supposed to do, they didn't, you didn't realize that it can come back on you the way that it did. And she said it in such an innocent way. Uh, well, first of all, she finds out that remember that it was like two years. She didn't speak. And she thought that yeah. she, it affected her, but she thought that that affected her also because she didn't speak. And then the other thing of she she said to her, I didn't talk about it because I knew it hurt you. It wasn't about me. She she was fine with it. I mean, she wasn't okay with it, but she but she you know she'd gotten through it. But she didn't want to talk about it because she knew that that subject probably every time something came up about it, she noticed how her mother would you know kind of clam up or freeze up. 
And it's amazing. You, you, he's amazing with kids. Like it's amazing how they know when something upsets you. You think you're thinking you're hiding it because you don't want them to be scared or hurt by it. You have to be super strong, but at the same time, they also want to be protective of you. Well, people just left and right underestimate kids all the time. Heck, that was For the sure. whole thing that went wrong with Michonne and, and uh, evil Terra lady is. Yeah. They, sure. She didn't see those kids as threats, you know. Right. You can't you can't underestimate a you, child. You can't, but that's her child. So of course she you know, she she didn't know. But when she says to you know, mommy, you taught me you you do what you do to protect me because you love me and then she's like, I love you and then so why wouldn't you do what you need to do to protect, um, I forgot who she named, because you love her too, right? She said Aunt Maggie. and Right, and yeah. it was such a smack in the face. Like, yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with what you said. There's nothing wrong with that logic. But it was such an amazing moment. Like, if they, if, again, if she hadn't win something for this episode, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. That, that hit so hard. That conversation, yeah, and then we kind of have the thing at the grave, right? She they, mm-hmm. they sit there and she says, "You, your father and I dug this grave, and I made a promise to never bury another child." And then she tells her, "Then I lost your father, and it was you know just you, and it was you know more important than ever." Um, and then she says, "You know." That she agrees with Judith, that Judith was right, and they have to protect all the people they love. Right. Um, so it's again just a great moment. Um, and and you know too when she tells her, you know, like you, you, yes, you're my mother. You chose you chose to love me. I was right. like, oh man, that hit that hits oh, that hits hard. My God, I was almost lost. Um, but uh, so then it's cool because then they decide to take off. And they're in that uh, chopped off minivan or whatever it is, mm-hmm. being drugged by the by, by the horses, and uh, they find Daryl and his crew, um, and offer to give him a ride to the kingdom, uh, which I thought that was again it was just just really really well done. And and again we've seen this a couple times with Michonne in the show where she's had a pretty hard opinion in one direction, and things happen and she has a change of heart or a change changes her mind. And it, and they've done a really good job of making it logical. Like, in I've never seen it where it happens, and you're just like, oh, well, this doesn't make sense. Why all of a sudden she would think this way now? Um, every time they've they've kind of had her kind of shift gears on the way she thinks about things, it always makes sense from a story standpoint. Um, and and on this show, we you know more than more often than not, our criticisms are on the writing side. Um, and so for, for them to be consistent with, at least with Michonne's character like that, I, I, I definitely appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the episode ends with a couple of whispers that ride up or walk up and, uh, see the kingdom and they start to see everybody that's gathering. And of course they're going to go report back, uh, the business that's getting ready to take place at the kingdom. And you know, I didn't, I didn't even ours. look who do we, did we say who wrote this episode? Because um, it uh, was good writing. Now oh, did we mention that? Corey Reed and Vivian Say? Oh. Um, 
were uh, credited as written by, and I think Vivian Say has written several episodes of this show. Yeah, 14 episodes of this show. Mm. Um, quite a few this season. Did we mention that the two whispers saw? Oh, they saw Alexandria, or not Alexandria, but uh, the kingdom. Right. Yeah. Yep. And like we yeah, that's how Alpha. Yeah. Snitches. Yep. They get I would say they get snitches, but yeah, they already got it. They already snitches. got it, so we can't <laughs> put that rule on them. Dang it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, uh, a good episode. Um, but before we give our Buster ratings, uh, we'll have a word from our sponsor. DCBService.com is where you want to go. If you want to save a lot of money on a lot of geeky stuff, say you have friends. I know I do. I don't know if any of you do, but I do. And <laughs> You're my friend, Jim. Yeah, you're checked in clear this month, buddy. So. <laughs> yeah. I might want to check that out. Um, say you have people that you want to buy gifts for. They're, um, they're, you know, Easter is coming up, Passover, a lot of uh, uh, you know, gift-giving situations are coming up. And they are of the geek persuasion, as are you, because you're listening to this podcast probably. And you want to save money, or you just want to treat yourself, as the kids say. Treat yourself. Exactly. And you want to get yourself a cool graphic novel or a statue or an action figure or clothing or collectibles or gaming supplies, then by all means, go to DCBService.com. They will have you covered 30, 40, 50, sometimes 60% off of the cover price of the standard retail price. A lot of cool and funky stuff. Like I said, it's not just the graphic novels, although... If you want to get caught up on The Walking Dead with graphic novels, then by all means, that's the best way to go. You can get the trade paperbacks 40% off. You can get hardcovers, Omnibuy, the giant phone book compendiums, all at a big, deep, deep discount. But it's so much more. Um, they have bundles of comics that you can get, DC bundles, <clears throat> Marvel bundles. They have specials all the time. Um, they have, as I said, statues, action figures, uh, cool clothing. They have a lot of really sharp... Um, Stuff from the uh, Captain Marvel movie that a lot of the kids are, are very making very popular right now, uh, including um, really sweet um, sweats on, or um, uh, hoodie I'm looking at with the Captain Marvel uh, Marvel piping and logo on it. That's really sweet. <clears throat> that is thirty uh, percent off. There's a really cool uh, Michael Cho uh, Captain Marvel uh, female uh, fitted. A t-shirt that's 20% off $17 right now. Um, lots of cool stuff there. You can literally go for hours and hours and hours looking for, looking at all the cool stuff and trying to make up your mind of what you want to get. And not only will you get it at a good price, uh, you'll be supporting an independent uh, uh, family business instead of a giant, you know, big box, uh, no-name um, a company like Amazon or something. And not only that, you'll be saving more than you would on Amazon. Uh, I, you know, on a lot of this stuff. So you go to DCB service or their, uh, their sister site, uh, instocktrades.com. Again, if you want to get caught up on the walking dead graphic novels, that's cool, but there's so much more there that you can save all kinds of money on either for yourself or as a gift for someone else. So by all means, check it out, DCBService.com, And we thank them for their continued support of the walking dead TV podcast. So Rich, what'd you think about today's episode or this episode? Well, it's like I was saying earlier, I really enjoyed the juxtaposition of the two time periods um, and how 
the tone in one set the tone for the other and back and forth. I mean, it was really good storytelling. Um, the cinematography, all of the filmmaking aspects of it were great. Um, they did a really good job of making those kids creepy. I got to say that that was, uh, um, and I really didn't think that they would have gone as far as they did with the whole killing of the kids and everything like that. And, uh, it was very tastefully done as tasteful as you can, I guess that kind of thing. And, uh, um, Denai Guerra's performance throughout this entire episode, like I said earlier, if she does not get an Emmy nomination, then there is, it's fixed. It's rigged. Um, because, man, very powerful. Like, this episode was full of the feels. It hits you right there, you know. Um, this one was a home run, grand slam, the whole way, five busters, no doubt. Daryl? I, I loved it, first of all. I, it, yeah, it, it, it hit me emotionally. It, it totally did. Um for sure it was it it blended everything right at the, the different times the the reason for her to the finally we get the reason for for her to do to, to make the decision that she's made and and why and it made all the sense it did, did no disappointment in that reveal um in fact it's even more horrible than that we could have imagined um but uh, the way they resolved that particular issue with her and Judith was so well done. Um, and just the chemistry with those two actors, you know, like, it really feels like she's her mother right there, her caretaker. Um, that little girl, it, it, she, she, if she can maintain her skills, uh, even to adulthood, she's going to, to have a great career. And, and and show business. I hope. Um, yeah, I, yeah. She's I agree. incredible. I, uh, she's incredible. I hope in ten years we're going. Remember that kid that used to be on yeah. Walking Dead? Yeah, I hope. I hope that's the case. She's doing a lot of great stuff. Um, but yeah, it. I have to give it a, a four out of five. Um, it was just incredible. I, it really did. It, it blew me away. Jim, I give it a four and a half out of five. Uh, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. It's probably one of my best. My favorite episodes of the season so far. We've covered a lot of the reasons why. Uh, well written, well shot, well put together. Um, I'm glad the you know the backstory was doled out the way it was, and uh, you know, and like Daryl says, it makes all the sense of the world why things are the way they are in certain respects because of this situation happening. So, I give it a four point five. Uh, I'll give this one a five. I, this to me was the uh, maybe the best episode this season, definitely one of the stronger episodes we've seen in quite a while. Uh, and again, everything from the writing, the directing, the editing, I think was the big standout for me uh, other than the performances. The, the editing was a big standout for me in this episode and the performances were just, were just really, really, really ratcheted up um, for this episode. We got answers to questions we've been wondering about for a long time. So that's always a plus. And again, surprising, satisfying uh and i think in this day and age that's that's harder and harder to do is to kind of give people answers to questions they have and and for them to be satisfied with them because a lot of times um you know what what you have in your head is what you think is better than what people come up with behind the writer's desk 
um, and for them to to kind of give us a story that I wasn't expecting to see um, and tell it well was was a plus for me. So I'm I'm really um, I'm just very impressed with with this episode. I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm eager to see how the last two here here play out because I think things are about to get a little a little crazy. So that's what we think. Oh, about wait this a minute, episode. wait a minute. I got a uh, late breaking email from Aaron. Oh, that's right, Mr. Aaron Newer. Uh, with his uh, thoughts on the uh, the episode. Hey, dudes. Hey, that's us. Uh, sorry I could not make it on tonight, but I do have some thoughts on this week's episode. Scars. Overall, I would give it a solid four busters. It's easily the darkest episode we've seen in a long time, but no less powerful thanks to everything we saw in the flashbacks. Avengers Endgame's Deny Guerrera was terrific this week, <laughs> playing up all the emotions needed for experiencing pain, loss, desperation, and more. Going up to the moment that required her to kill a group of brainwashed kids. Jocelyn and her kids were a well-handled threat, and I enjoy how this show began to dig into what caused the split between Alexandria and the other communities. I was less enthused by the present-day material as precocious Judith and tough-talk J.L. Negan continue to do little for me as characters. I do like to set up for what is next, though, and if I watch this episode again, I would do it the same, but with different shoes. So, four busters. P.S. Michonne has the best wagon, right? <laughs> that was a sick ride. Yeah, it was. Indeed. That was. Uh, we also had a poll, real quick, on the uh, on the Facebook group before we get to the things. Uh, Aaron put up a poll. What movie should be played at the Kingdom's Trade Fair? Um, keeping in mind that the show began in 2010, so no movies after 2010 exist. And um, I answered that poll a few minutes ago. Okay. There's only one answer to that poll. What is it? Uh, Anytime you have a what movie should what movie should and and Star Wars is on the list, the the, the game's over. Mm. Only one person voted for Star Wars. I voted for Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yeah, you you're the only one who did though. Yeah, well, yeah, but I just whoever voted, voted like for Star Wars is a person. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Taste. You're the only one. Actually, number one on the list is The Princess Bride. I don't get that one at all. Uh, number two is Jaws. Number three is the one I voted for, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> number well, two on the nose. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, you know. I thought zombies and zombie movies and all that didn't exist in the Walking Dead universe. Okay, Mr. Cannon, nobody cares. We're having fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 uh, number four, X- E.T., the extraterrestrial. And number five... Uh, and there are a bunch that only had one vote each, including Back to the Future, mm-hmm. Wall-E, It's a Wonderful Life, Plan 9, Die Hard, Star Wars, Cannibal Holocaust. Now that's on the nose. Uh, <laughs> I, I Am Legend and Airplane. So. What? The Godfather should have been up there. It's not I agree with that, yeah. You can add an option if you want. I mean, the poll is still up, so we will see. Um, Shit's dead. Yeah. So, um, you know, add your options. If you want to vote in that poll, it's still on the Facebook group. Uh, along with our Buster ratings that we read every week, um, that uh, where our members of our Facebook group weigh in on what they thought about this week's episode. And they're read by the dulcet tones of me, Mr. Jim Deeds. How about, uh, for the first time ever, I inter- introduced myself, Russ. You sure did. I love it. <laughs> it was so meta. You can kick back and have a beer, buddy. I got it covered this time. Uh, so we ask every week, you know, we ask you to give us your Buster ratings. And these are the Buster ratings for Scars. Uh, we start off with Angel Yeager. I give the episode 4.5 Braxton Hicks contractions, like mother, like daughter. Uh, DeRay Irvin, 5. That Damn, that kid can act out of 5. I'm a mom, and this episode had me bawling my eyes out. Uh, 
Uh, Lisa Kelly wrote in 4.5 killer kids out of five. Walking Dead is back. Finally. Uh, Michael Santana wrote in 4.5 post-apocalyptic Uber drivers out of five. <laughs> Convertible and red seat covers. Michonne ride, Michonne's ride is sick. Um, I could just see Pimp My Ride, the Apocalypse Edition. That would be great. <laughs> uh, great show tonight. Loved Negan straight shooting with Michonne. Didn't like the explanation. See what I did there of the scars on their backs. I mean, what's the point of burning someone that you're going to kill in a few minutes? Overall, a solid episode, and it's got me waiting for next week. Thanks for all your hard work on the show, guys. Oh, you're welcome, Michael. Appreciate your appreciation. Uh, Mike Jones, three meddling kids out of five. I feel like they drug out what could have been a much smaller scene across the entire episode. The branding was never fully explained either. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. Next week's preview looks amazing. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, Cheryl Morris Goodman wrote in, 3.5 children of the corn out of five. I really liked how dark some of this was, thereby explaining Michonne's shift and the editing of the two big kill scenes together was well done. Uh, however, Judith's character is so damn flat, beside, despite being cute as all get out, and unrealistic. What nine-year-old talks in platitudes and is oddly wise beyond her years? Well, as the dad of an eight-year-old, I can tell you mine does. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> My, My eight granddaughter's eight, just... and uh, <laughs> she's, yes. Smart. Yeah, she's, she says stuff I'm just like, what? Uh, she's not a character, she's a device, and I resent her for it. And the branding, what the hell for? Symbolic of cattle to toughen up Jocelyn's brood? Uh, Mary Cherpecki uh, wrote in, 3.5 points for dexterity. Uh, a decent episode for sure, and they explored some disturbingly dark themes. I like the interaction between Michonne and Negan, though I'm hoping he does something more than sell-side therapy. The theme of what moms can and will do shall certainly come into play in the next two episodes, and I'm looking forward to it. P.S. I think the reason Jocelyn had the smaller kids brand them was to work them up to more gruesome acts, maybe a test of sorts. Um, I, I kind of agree with that. That makes sense. Uh, Joe Joe Jans wrote in, all I want to know is what movie is everyone going to watch at the trade fair? Well, go vote, Joe. It's in, in the polls in the, in the uh, Facebook group. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, the marathon man uh, and lover of Coors Light. 3.75, worst after-school club out of five. Good episode, but I was a little disappointed with the explanation of the scars on Michonne and Daryl's backs. Uh, Andrew Park, 4.75, should have been episode nine. Uh, there, there was a lot to like in this episode. It was good to see the reason why Michonne changed. I don't know why it has to be a secret between her and Daryl. I suppose even in the apocalypse, infanticide is a hard cross to bear. Uh, that job is best left to Carol. Look <laughs> mm. at the flowers, everyone. Um, another cross to bear is one being branded on your back. I winced several times during this episode. Michonne's heavily pregnant stomach being slashed was one of those moments, too. Interesting that the recent female villains we've seen in both Walking Dead shows all have the weak must die mantra. Uh, Martha from Fear, Alpha, and now Jocelyn. Someone needs to set up a counseling practice in the apocalypse. They would clean up. Uh, Nello Jamal Stewart wrote in five don't trust old college friends from hell out of five this was one of the most grippingly painful episodes I've seen on this show uh, Michonne and Daryl not giving up on finding Rick set the tone for an emotional roller coaster of an episode the highs of all the kids laughing around the fire Michonne connecting with an old friend seeing the glimpse of normalcy as Judith showed her little brother how to ride a bike and even uh, Michonne's illuminating conversation with Negan were well done then there were the unimaginable lows of watching a very pregnant woman being hung, branded, stabbed, and beaten. The most ridiculous conversation I'm hearing about the episode right now is how traumatic and dark the episode was because of the children's deaths, which thankfully we didn't even have to see. But to 
to having to actually see the brutality against a pregnant woman played on our screen screen seems to have gotten barely a shrug. It was difficult to watch. I agree, Neil. Uh, disturbing to say the least, I don't think the acting on the show has ever been better. Truly raw. My last comment is this. Michonne's love for Judith is one of the most genuinely beautiful relationships the show has ever written. She put everything on the line for Judith, a little girl who's not biologically hers, even over the safety and well-being of the one she was carrying. And when Judith, past and present, called Mommy out to her, well, just typing this, tears are in my eyes. It's one thing that a show about surviving the post-apocalyptic zombie-infested world has done right. Thank you for doing such an awesome job of the podcast. I love hearing all the different points of view. Absolutely the best Walking Dead TV podcast, or Walking Dead podcast, hands down. Well, thank you, Neil. That's very kind of you to say. And finally, Scott Homan wrote in, three terrible daycare providers out of five. While I enjoyed the flashback storyline, I found it very under, I felt it very underwhelming, considering the prolonged mystery behind it and the level it has influenced Alexandria. Some of this group were held in a shipping container in a hairway from being slaughtered like cattle, like cannibals, but it takes this brief run to make them never again want to trust anyone. Uh, the current stuff was okay. I think this was my favorite, favorite Judith episode yet. Her scene with Daryl was cool to watch, and her line to Michonne, when do we stop loving Daryl, was delivered perfectly. Thank you for everybody who contributed uh, Busters this week. I really appreciate it. And again, you can join us on the Walking, on the Walking Dead Facebook uh, TV Podcast Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast. Uh, sign right up. And not only do you get to dump your busters, you get to be in polls, you get to see some of the funny memes they put up, and you get to read Aaron Neuwirth's um, uh, reviews of every episode. He does in-depth reviews on WeLiveEntertainment.com, and there are links for that right in the Facebook group. So, I got it. I got it. Tanya Hines wrote, yeah. 4.5 dead psycho kids out of 5. Ugh, Henry not only still com- alive, but complaining about having a scar. You're lucky to be alive, fool. Uh, one minute, Judith is smart enough to be spitting knowledge like Herschel. And the next, she's as dumb as Henry, going out to save everybody all by her lonesome. Did everybody in Alexandria take Ambien? <laughs> Nobody heard Jocelyn mm. and her, her pint-sized psychos raid the entire pantry and the infirmary while kidnapping all the children and escaping down the sewer. That's some real burglary skills right there. Uh, the highlight of this episode was, for me was Ms. Denai Guerrera. Her acting chops are amazing. The Walking Dead had her for all this time and never utilized what she's capable of, and that's a shame. I loved her scenes with Daryl, Negan, Lydia, and Judith. Her action sequences were great, too, when she went ham on those walkers. I'm so sorry our time with her is quickly coming to an end. Kudos for the, uh, to the director for how they spliced the kids being michoned with the walker kills. Great job. This is my favorite episode in years. I hope the last two episodes can measure up. Really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Well, thank you for writing in. I appreciate that, Tanya, and I'm glad we could include it. Excellent. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for writing in their busters uh, and on the Facebook group, as well as the email. Uh, again, the email is wdtv at hhwlod.com, uh, Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. And you can keep an eye out on HHWLOD for, uh, for my stuff, as well as on Mr. Taylor's Taylor Network of Podcasts on Gotham by Geeks. Um, and where can folks find you, Mr. Chub Toad? Right here on the Walking Dead podcast, as well as on the Taylor Network on the DC podcast over there. Uh, we just recorded an episode together, me, Jim, Daryl, and Jerry, after a long hiatus. And uh, 
it went well, and it's up for your listening enjoyment now. And also, ChubToad01 at all the socials. Jim? Uh, like uh, like Richard said, we had a little reunion of the DC TV podcast over at the new DC All-Stars podcast of the Taylor Network. Check that out. Um, you can also check Daryl, myself, and Donnie Salvo out every week on Nothing's On podcast, where we talk about the general uh, stuff going on in TVs, uh, TV and movie news and what we've been watching lately, including uh, this last episode, we talked about Love, Death, and Robots, which I cannot recommend highly enough yes. on Netflix. That is so good. Um, you can also check out our D&D group, or my D&D group, I guess, at oldmagicgaming.com. Every Friday, we have a new episode up of our D&D game uh, with sound effects and, uh, and background music and cool stuff going on there. Uh, every Friday at oldmagicgaming.com. Excellent. Daryl? Uh, yeah, you can uh, check me out at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. My uh, Twitter is the voice 123 or just Daryl Taylor. Um, and also on Facebook, same deal, Daryl Taylor. Um, and you can check out all the podcasts that were mentioned. There enough of them were mentioned. Excellent. And you could uh, follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron's PS4, and also on We Live Entertainment, where you can get his uh, his reviews of various TV shows and movies. Um, and why so blue? Where he does his Blu-ray uh, movie reviews. And also, uh, also his podcast out now with Aaron and Abe, yes. where they review uh, the latest movies. I was just on for the Captain Marvel uh, review episode, which was cool. And uh, they also do commentary tracks for movies uh, every month on that uh, channel too. So you can find that on iTunes out now with Aaron and Abe. Excellent. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, We will be back next week for episode 15 uh, as we wind down season 9 of The Walking Dead. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, go vote in the poll for what movie we're going to see at the fair. 236. I think it's 236. Let me make sure. Yep. No. 256. Damn. Oops. Don't short us. (laughs) No kidding. You were close. Mm. 236, 256, whatever Whatever, whatever it takes. takes. (laughs) This is going to the bloopers. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Man. Now you're just making bloopers. Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing?